Sisters, four women who love Jesus and who have committed to spending time together studying the Bible and growing in friendship with each other. We love being together and we hope that you will enjoy your time with us. Hi there. Welcome to the Faith Lift Sisters. We feel like it's been so long since we have oh. all been together. Mm-hmm. Since we Finished Colossians. Yeah, since we finished Colossians, because we just had the Jesse tree that was kind of on a replay. And then we also were going through Colossians, or um, um, what's the other one that we just finished? Colossians. Colossians. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Colossians. But we did it like a long time ago. We did it a while ago. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, yeah, it's been, it's been a long time. So we're getting back into the groove, and we are glad that you are joining us. Um, Yeah, we are going to study James is what we're going to focus on for the next couple weeks. Um, And today we're going to talk about a little bit of history of James, and we're going to read just the very, very beginning of the book of James. So if you don't know, James was Jesus' brother. And James did not believe that Jesus was the Son of God while Jesus was alive. Because really, who's going to think that their sibling is the child of God? Like the big brother. Yeah. I I was just going to say, think of your siblings. Right, exactly. (laughs) It's like, Mm -hmm. I don't know. Yeah. Like you're punching this guy, you're sleeping next to him on your hay mattress. And, you know, the whole while he's like the perfect child, you know, everybody thinks their parents have probably like a favorite perfect child, but I mean, come on, literally the son of God. (laughs) Right. (laughs) The clues were when we always had wine for dinner and we never had to have water. Some other clues were like possibly parting the bathwater. I mean, there might have been clues. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> Jesus falls down, gets a really bad scrape on his leg, and then all of a sudden, gone. <laughs> like, wow. Right? Yeah, he didn't see. But he still was like, oh, okay. nah. Uh, wait right. a minute. Nope. You're just my dumb nope. brother. Right. <laughs> what were you going to argue there, Funny. Terry? I just oh. say there would be no miraculous healing of his body because he came in an earth suit in quotes. Yeah. yeah. So he um he did have uh scrapes and you know, he was a right. carpenter's son and he learned at the trade. So he probably had cuts and nicks on his hands all the time. And right. Well in yeah, that and, way. And so that's important. Before Wait, we move on from that. Um, can I just ask where the quote earth suit is found? <laughs> I don't in the air. She gave air quotes and nobody quotes. saw it. <laughs> I like that term. I think that's yeah. a good term. That was good. But that's not found I in the Bible, it. just so you no. know. No, I've heard it somewhere. Yes. Yeah. And and I don't know, I don't think Jesus was like that when he was a kid. He it's actually he started his his ministry at the age of thirty. So they're um Although he was probably very, very good. Although remember at 12. Oh, good point. He was found in the temple talking to the teachers. Mm-hmm. So, and they marveled. 
at what he knew. So there was something going on right. by that point already. But yeah. as the brother, wouldn't you be super irritated by that? Oh, of course. Like, yes. Your whole family, everybody's <laughs> gone. And then they're like, wait, where's Jesus? And they're like, man. And you know, James was like, that stupid kid. We have yeah. to go back and get him. And it's going to cost us some extra days. And I've already walked there. And it's extra dusty. And yeah. we would we would laugh about this like you know you walk in the room and there's jesus and james and the lamp is broken and mary comes in and is like who broke the lamp and it's like james is like okay fine me you know, like, <laughs> <laughs> not mr perfect over there right? yeah. yeah for sure but i also imagine that mm. the panic that might have happened for me like think this through picture your sibling right and then it's like to find out that they were the son of god they were the absolute child of God, the representation of God, and you missed it. And it was with you the whole time. Yeah. You grew up with this child of God. Yeah. It was right in front of you and you missed it. I can imagine James having this urgency of, um, I, I have to let people know this now. Wait, you may think you see what you're seeing, but you're not. I don't know that you're seeing everything, right? It, it's like I can see where he has all this urgency as mm-hmm. he writes this letter. Well, Angie and I were talking earlier um, just about the tone of the book of James. And actually, my husband and I were talking about it this morning, too. And I feel like James is very aggressive in the tone that he takes. I mean, he's like, this is what it is. And like it or lump it, essentially, is kind of how he is. And just with my personality, that aggressiveness... um, uh, that's not my personal response necessarily, my way of communicating. Um, so I'm, I kind of take a step back from James a little bit, like, oh man, you are like, you are way in my personal space here. He's you know, let's tone it down a little yeah. bit. Yeah. Um, and my husband is a much more direct and aggressive type than I am. And he's like, I love it. He's like, because it's like, he's just not holding any punches. He just says, this is what it is and do it. Yeah. You, you know I how we talk? Is, oh, go, ahead. No, go ahead, Terry. Um, I think that's a part of the reason that he does it is the urgency. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. the 12 tribes, um, you know, to the 12 tribes that have been scattered among the nations, they're scattered because of persecution. Excuse me. So they've lost their um, connection with each other. They've lost their community with each other. And they're falling away. A little bit. And um, as Rosemary mentioned earlier, um, when we were talking, is that there's nothing for them to look at. They don't have a Bible yet. They have the Old Testament, that things have changed a little bit. They're, they're looking in a different way now, and they don't have any guidelines. They're kind right. of floundering a little bit. And he's like, we don't have room for this floundering. Let's Let's get some boundaries in order. And um, see how we're supposed to be living. And he goes at it for force. Well, do you want to read the very beginning for us, mm-hmm. Terry? Sure. Uh, James 1, 1 through 4. James, a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ, to the 12 tribes scattered among the nations. Greetings. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. 
Yeah. So we start out in trials. Right. He's just calling it out right from the beginning. Mm -hmm. And he's not, um, he's not so in your face here. Um, You know, he's kind of easing into it, I feel like, but um, yeah, he's just definitely saying like, listen, there are going to be trials. Mm -hmm. And And don't panic because those trials are going to work something good in you as hard Mm -hmm. as they may be. Um, God still got this. Right. Right. And he, this is addressed to, and we were keeping in mind that James was the brother of Jesus. He did not believe when Jesus was alive, but then Jesus came to him specifically after he was resurrected. He went to James very specifically, um, which I mean, hello, how could you not believe after that? Right. So that was kind of his turning point. Um, and now he's using his um, he's he's using these words to encourage these tribes that have been scattered, scattered, scattered. And so, like the twelve tribes are the twelve tribes of Israel, which are not necessarily like the twelve distinct tribes of Israel at this point. But that's kind of how the Christian Jews are referred to. That's what they're referred to. And the reason that they're scattered is because there's this huge amount of persecution that's going on right now. And so they were kind of centered in Jerusalem. This early church um, of Jesus was centered in Jerusalem. And now there's this huge persecution. And so they're like, we're out of here. We have to live. We're gone. And so they shoot out. So that's kind of where we are. Yeah. And so they shoot out into different cultures and different Mm -hmm. ideas. And so they're they're amongst the nations would be a way to say that too. Right. Um, And James is saying, like, how can you tell you have a true faith? That's part of what he's saying. And he's saying, you'll, you'll see the deeds, you'll see the works. You will see that. um, And you'll see this throughout the book. There is proof of faith. It's how you are changed you know, and um, that you could have joy in the midst of this persecution. Let's talk about that for a second. Jesus, or um, James isn't saying, I'm sure his mother went through that too, by the way. <laughs> Jesus, James, get in here. No. Um, <laughs> and and with Jude, yeah. right? And Jude, the yeah. Other Jude, yeah. Okay, you know what? That's the other thing. I'm like, you know what? Now, now it's their fault. That's what I right. <laughs> But um, so... He uh, he's not saying so. It says that you would have joy in the midst of trials. Um, consider it pure joy, my brothers, whenever you face trials of many t- many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance, right? And perseverance develop must finish its work so that you may be mature and complete. Mm-hmm. So he's not saying be happy that you have bad things happening to you. Right? That's, that's like a, a little bit of a twist that Christians kind of make a mistake in. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not one of those, I don't know about you guys, but I'm not thankful when really bad stuff happens. No. I no. never start thanking God. I thank God that he's there. I thank God for his presence. I think it, it so, so it's different. And I guess I want to just, um, are you guys all on the same page? Are we pretty much on the same page with that? Like, Absolutely. Well, yeah. I think we all Absolutely. believe that God is a good God. Right. And his gifts are good gifts. He doesn't send bad gifts to us. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. whatever bad we encounter is because we're in this fallen world. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But and there God is will always. A... Go ahead. Sorry. 
um, the the idea of considering it joy is because it's going to strengthen you in your faith. It's going to make your faith stronger if you choose to go that way. It'll make your relationship with Christ stronger. So that can produce joy, knowing that, okay. And this is not just any old hardship. These are the hardships that they're going through because of their faith in particular. So consider it joy when you're going through these um, trials that are coming to you because of your faith. But it's going to grow you if you lean into it. And you lean into Christ, it'll help you grow mm-hmm. maturity. Right. And in Romans, it says that suffering leads to perseverance, perseverance to character, and character to hope. So it is, it's definitely um, like a growing phase, and it's not comfortable, um, but it's there. And the, I think that um, one of the things that a lot of Christians get kind of caught up on is like there is a distinct difference between joy and happiness mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and joy isn't like that shiny look of like everything's good it's fine you know praise Jesus we're, we're blessed to be blessed we're good it's all good <laughs> I have enough faith and we're we're fine it's okay you know that's not what God wants from us and for us to be able to say like it's not okay. I am not good right now. That doesn't mean that you can't have joy because the joy is the, the joy is the conscious decision to place that hope in Christ. It's not the feeling. It's the decision. Does that make sense? I think so. It does. I think that, Oh, go ahead, Angie. I think that that joy is the underlying reality that we are in Jesus now, that we're part of the family of God, that he's for us and not against us. And so no matter what we face, we've got that undergirding, we've got that foundation. And how could we not be joyful in the midst of anything, knowing that God loves us? Um, So I think it's, yeah, it's just such a foundation for us. And like you said, Suzanne, it's not happiness. Happiness is circumstantial. Mm -hmm. It's an emotion. But joy is a deep-seated reality for those of us who know Jesus. It's it's interesting as I'm hearing you talk. I have, uh, so I don't know if you guys have heard of Tiny Habits. It's It's a move in psychology where if you want to start running, just the first day you get up and you put your shoes on and you won. Right. Mm-hmm. Next day you get up and you get your shoes on and you go outside. Right. Yes. Next day you get up, you go outside and you go to the driveway. Now, listen, if you want to go a little farther, you can. That's bonus. But you've won once you get to the end of your driveway. And so what that is, is that's perseverance mm-hmm. in ways that you can win. And with the undergirding of joy, we do everything to stop the discomfort. Right. Mm-hmm. If we That's want human nature. If we think, yeah. Mm-hmm. If we yeah. think people don't like us, we'll do different things. Right. Mm-hmm. So what I'm really starting to understand is not these big, giant, profound changes. It's the little tiny things that you do over time. For example, if you did that running program over 365 days, who wins? You, you're definitely going to be further than your driveway. You're going to be way further than you, if you hadn't done it at all. 
right? And so it's talking about that perseverance and then that starts to become, so persevering is like having that underlying joy. I know what I'm going after. I know who God is. I know who I am in Christ. And having that consistent, um, and it's also connected to your identity. Mm -hmm. So when you have that consistent identity of, I'm a follower of Christ. Yeah, I'm filled with joy. I make a decision to do that, even under persecution. And I keep moving. That will build your character to the point where that habit becomes natural, right? I'm not sure which day all of a sudden that runner says, yeah, I'm a runner. That's what I do. That's my thing. And then you start acting in that character. And that produces that maturity, that mature Christian who knows who they are, who moves according to the will of God and has that deep within them and not just a surface thing they're trying to go after. And I could have used a different example of someone who wants to read the Bible. Mm-hmm. You don't have to do the big reading plans if that feels overwhelming. Start with page one. <laughs> right. right. Well, and, and the same thing with prayer and praise. Yes. If you're not accustomed to praying, how are you going to sit for an hour and pray? If you're not accustomed to praising God, where do you, do you, how do you even know where to start? So baby steps, mm-hmm. you know, five minutes to pray, five minutes to praise until you're comfortable with that and you want to go further. Um, it's like any other muscle, I think. We don't think of faith necessarily as a muscle, but I think it really is a muscle that can be developed. Mm-hmm. And um, the kids got us an exercise machine for Christmas. And we've been using machines in the gym forever. But this is a brand new machine and it was tight and it was hard. And so like the first day, I got five minutes and I was sweating and exhausted. It's taken me from Christmas to now. Actually, we got it first part of December. So say two months, basically. Um, I'm finally up to 30 minutes, but it was five minutes for Mm. a week. And it was 10 minutes for a week. It took me a while to build that up. And it was painful. You know, I would get off and I would fuss and carry on about how hard it was. And Dan and I would laugh about that because I'm pretty athletic overall. But I had to build that muscle by persevering because I couldn't just get on and go for 30 minutes. Um, It took time to build that up. And I think with our faith, too, that perseverance builds that muscle. Um, I I think that's just kind of a spiritual principle. And, and it's not about being perfect either. Mm-mm. That's the thing. Um, I was just listening to someone, they were talking about, you take any county and they're going to vote. And it's, they just won't statistically come out with 100%, right? And so what we're doing every time we decide to engage in one of these little tiny habits is we're voting for ourselves. We're voting for ourselves as someone who's a follower of Christ who reads the Bible. We're voting for ourselves as someone who can praise God every time we move forward in that, right? And there might be a day we miss it. So just don't make the second day the day you miss it, right? That you just kind of go, oh, yeah, that happens. It's not 100%. Keep moving. And it's a lot like what you're talking about, Angie. It's this, it's this building of character. And you were referring to it too, Suzanne, the that then all of a sudden we are who we are. We're walking in who we are. And that is something that James wants us to do. He wants this faith to show. He wants us to be able to prove to ourselves, or he wanted the Christians of that time to be able to prove to themselves that they are walking in faith. This is how I know there's works. This is how I know I have peace in the midst of trials. This is how I know my character is being built. And I can pursue things that are hard. 
and I can pursue God. It may not be easy every time, but it's worth it. That's my guess. I'm like, oh. There's, there has to be evidence. There's an yeah. old song, um, you know, would there be enough evidence to convict you of being a right. Christian? Mm. There should be some outward manifestations of what's happened to us on the inside. I mean, we are new creations in Christ. Um, but that new has to work out through the old. <laughs> the old has to get shed so yeah. that the new life in us is what shines. Mm. And that is a process. It is a process, mm-hmm. but then the goal, obviously, is for that new to shine, but that's what brings praise, glory, and honor to Jesus, Jesus. because He's the one, ultimately. Um, in First Peter 1, 7, it says that those, like the testing and the trials and then the overcoming, they bring, ultimately, praise, glory, and honor for Jesus, which that's why God made us like that is our purpose mm-hmm. is to be that example of glory for God and to reach people through that. Um, and ultimately that's where, you know, you start out in these persecutions and these trials and these hardships. And ultimately that's the goal is for people to be able to see Jesus in all of it. Mm-hmm. That should always be our end goal. Glorify God, mm-hmm. whatever you're doing, glorify God. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, years ago, I really thought a lot about that. And when it says glorify God, it's so much more than not offending, which sometimes you're, you're just like, um, you know, well, I, I won't do that, blah, blah, blah. It's okay. Um, God wouldn't get mad about that. So that's kind of like mediocrity and it's okay living, but God wants us to live a life that will actually glorify Him. Hmm. So much more than not offending. So. so in some ways we have like three choices. We could decide to give in to what's going on. Um, we could stay neutral. Or we can intentionally move towards God and see that He is bigger than all of this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think James is exhorting us to move. Right. He spent so much of his life not believing and not Mm -hmm. understanding. And now he's like, well, shoot, let's get to it, folks. (laughs) You know? Yeah. And and knowing, yeah, it's going to be hard. That's mm -hmm. why perseverance. Perseverance is a steadfast, being steadfast in doing something despite difficulty or delay in achieving success. Mm -hmm. So you have to have persistence. You have to have tenacity, determination, and resolve. It's not going to just fall in. You know, that's like you said, building that muscle. And it's going to be hard and it's going to take work. And this is especially important for the people that he's writing to because these people, um, like we've said over and over again, are um, have scattered from their home because they have been, they're being persecuted. Um, like serious persecution here, death, burning. I mean, like all kinds of just ugliness, right? Imagine the ugliness and that's what's happening to these people. And from Um, their own people too. I mean, they've lived under Roman occupation. Okay, that mm -hmm. was bad. But they had each other. They had the Jewish community and they were their support. Now they don't have that. Right. Mm -hmm. 
Right. So their and very foundation of support has turned on them. Yes, because they are used to all living together and having that support bubble um, and that cultural identity of like, this is who I am and these are my people and these are our routines and these are our um, habits. And so you have somebody who's holding you accountable to those things. And we all know that it's easier to do the right thing when you're with people who are also doing the right thing. Right. And that's so much of your cultural identity. But now all of that has been pulled out from under them and they are going out into the nations and they're going into foreign cultures and they are going into all of these places that do not believe. Not only do they not believe, but some of them have never even heard of what it is that they believe. And so they have to have somebody who is going to say to them, listen, we may be really far apart, but we are in this together. And this is how we need to be behaving. And this is who we are representing. So let's keep it together, folks. Because they don't have the privilege of going to the Bible or sitting um, on the internet, watching a virtual church service or going down the street to your church or any of those Listening things. to a podcast. Right. <laughs> or listening to a podcast. Yeah. They don't have any of those privileges that we have now. So they were really on their own and really out there in literally foreign nations. So that was funny when you said, let's keep it together, people. That is so you, Suzanne. <laughs> like I might have said, and, and in some ways you could have that part of James or whatever. I was thinking he was saying, this is possible. It's possible to have joy in the midst of what you're going through. <laughs> I would not have necessarily said, let's keep it together, people. <laughs> but I love that about you. I love that you go, hey, everybody in line, let's go. You know, uh, this, this is what it has to be folks. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But straight, clear to the point. And that is really, and James is very straight and clear and to the point. Yes, he, he is. is. I imagine him seeing Jesus after the crucifixion and when he came to them in the room and saying, why didn't you tell me <laughs> like, or something like that? And I can just imagine Jesus going, it was right there all the time. I didn't hide anything. I was out doing a ministry, but I would have been like, Oh, <laughs> I can see it. And if James looks back, it's like it was all there. Remember when um, Jesus was in a house doing healings and um, they, they oh. said, your brothers and your sisters, your family, they're here to take you because they're pretty sure you're crazy. Okay. Yeah. yeah. You think you're God. <laughs> you think you're the Savior. You are nuts. They're here to take you away. Oh. So that was James. Yeah. Who mm-hmm. was there to take this guy come on what are you doing we're trying we have to live here you know yeah (laughs) yeah so what a transformation for James Mm -hmm. what a huge transformation and the more I I guess I'm I'm running that through my head Suzanne it's like hey let's get it together people this is important right I really keep hearing him say that yeah he's like I've wasted way too much of my time and yours so let's move forward here Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, well, that is um, probably a good place for us to end it today. Um, we, next time, we'll read a little bit further, and we're going to hear James really lay it on the line as, he's, as he moves along here. Um, but does, Angie, do you want to pray for us today? I would love to. Great, thanks. Father, we love you with all of our hearts, with all of our soul, with all of our strength. And Father, the joy of the Lord is our strength, the joy that you have put in our hearts because you have adopted us and made us your children. That is our strength. And that's the strength that we pull on when we face trials and tribulations, Lord. We pull on that strength, on that joy, 
knowing that whatever we go through, you're going to turn it and use it for our good. You're going to build that faith muscle in us so that we're going to bring glory and honor to your name, Father, so that we are going to be a light in this dark world and that we are going to be a beacon that will draw other people to our Lord and our Savior, Jesus. So, Father, thank you for this word today. Thank you, Father, for everyone that's listening. I pray, Father, that we are good ground and that the seed of your word will go deep into our hearts and produce a harvest of righteousness. And so, Father, we thank you and praise you that you have given us um, the scriptures so that we can study and know you, Lord. And we praise your name and we honor you and give you glory. And it is in the mighty name of Jesus that we pray. Amen. Amen. And cut. <laughs> <laughs>